Welcome to Filling the Gap. This episode of Filling the Gap is a special and unique one because it features people who are very near and dear to my heart, my family. This episode is about autism and inclusion. Autism, by the textbook definition, is a developmental disorder that is characterized by difficulty in communication and social interaction. It's also restricted by repetitive patterns and behaviors. We, as a society, struggle to include those who are different from the so-called norm. Layla, my mom, and Lisa, my sister, with autism, will share today about the importance of inclusion and feeling like they belong. Here's my mom sharing about what Lisa was like growing up. She was a very healthy baby, met all the benchmarks of development, of crawling and sitting and walking, until her first birthday. After that, she starts showing some different behaviors that at first I didn't notice. She stopped playing also with a lot of her toys and getting very obsessed about rocks and sand and water and being outside and uh, didn't like to stay inside the house. It was a, dec- a gradual decline in her behavior and her development. She stopped using the few words that she had. Uh, she lost a lot of the social skills that she had because she started playing with other kids or, or showing any interest in other kids. And uh, also with adults, she stopped responding to them. We knew something was wrong, but we have no idea what it was, and autism never crossed my mind. We were living in a small town in Brazil, and um, it took 10 months and five different doctors. So it was a journey just to get a diagnose, but it was a relief when we got it because at least we knew you know, what's happening. I think for me it was harder not knowing uh, what the problem was and then knowing and then figuring out, okay, what we're gonna do now. I think the classical definition of autism in the books and the literature is, you know, you have to have delays in three areas, communication, social, and behavior. But my definition of autism, based only on Lisa in my own experience, I mean, when Lisa has been able to communicate, it's more a motor issue. I think she was unable to filter all the sensory information so the world became a very complicated place for her to navigate and then comes the motor planning uh, aspect where your body is kind of disconnected from your brain where you cannot use your fine motors to do certain tasks that your brain uh, asks you to do it And here is autism from Lisa's perspective. My body would not future all the sensory information around me and my brain felt overwhelmed, like a hurricane of stimulation. Layla and the family moved from Brazil to California. 
It was there that Layla found some hope. She met with the special needs directors and therapists in the area to create a plan for Lisa. And um, after the meeting, they told me, oh, we have the best program available in the country. Your daughter is going to do amazing. And I was like, oh, that's heaven. That's awesome. That's music to my ears. That's what I want to hear. And unfortunately, with autism, every path, you know, it's a hard one. It requires um, a lot of hard work and sacrifice and individualized. And I think that's the cue with autism because, like, all of us, every individual with autism is different and it doesn't work the same for everyone. And figuring out what works for you, you know, that's the big challenge. I always had therapists coming daily to my house to help me. Most of them were nice. However, I would rather be outside playing like the other kids. And unfortunately, uh, for Lisa, the public education didn't work for her. It was clearly that she was not making meaningful progress and uh, she was not happy where she was. And um, I decided to pull her out. But the question is to where? I was like in a very hard, challenging place in my life, not knowing what to do. Layla and Lisa felt stuck because the public education system wasn't working for them. But the privatized special education programs were far too expensive. And then a thought popped into Layla's mind. What if she enrolled Lisa into an Adventist school? That's where I had gone all my life. My husband has gone and my siblings. And, but it never crossed my mind that it would be possible for Lisa to also go there. I was there just praying and so desperate. And then uh, that's when I heard, you know, I heard in my heart as clearly as it could be. And I really think that God talked to me and saying, this is my school and everyone is welcome here. That completely changed, you know, the way I saw things and I saw the possibilities because I was always focusing on what I could do and what Lisa could do or not do. And I was not paying attention what God could offer to us. I was so overwhelmed by, by this thought, by this conviction in my heart that uh, I went to the principal. I went to the principal, I knew him, you know, and I told him, uh, I want to bring Lisa here. And he was a little surprised, to say the least. But I was just starting crying and saying, I'm desperate, I didn't know where to go, I didn't know what to do, I know where she is, it's not the place for her. I really feel like she could do well here, let's just, let's just try it. You know, she'll come with support, she'll come with a, a personal aid, she'll come with a psychologist doing team meetings and speech pathologist and occupational therapist. 
and I think he was just a little moved by my tears or maybe the Holy Spirit <laughs> touched his heart uh, and he said well let me let me talk to people as an answer to my prayer everyone agreed they were willing to open the doors for Lisa to come in my faith in God has great influence in my life it made me realize that I am capable and strong because God helps me. Lisa was embraced and accepted into the Adventist education system, all the way into high school. But Layla knew that this was just the first step for Lisa. At that time in Lisa's life, she only communicated what she had been taught to say and respond to. Her words were not her own. All that would change when Lisa's friend with autism did a program in Texas where he learned to communicate using an alphabetized letter board. After this program, his mom called me and said, Layla, it's amazing how we are learning about our son because before we didn't know how much he knew, but now he's able to spell all his thoughts and feelings that he was not able to communicate before. And uh, right away, I said, oh, I have to do that. Although Lisa was a sophomore in high school at the time, she was performing academically at a fourth grade level. Lisa's potential, however, exceeded far above what the performance had been showing. So we went to Texas for a week. And in the first few sessions that we had there, Lisa already started, you know, pointing to the letters and spelling and um, showing, showing that she had so much inside her head and that we had no idea. That she had accumulated much more knowledge that she was able to express verbally. The words come out of my mouth by impulses and compulsions, but very seldom to say what I'm thinking. Learning to spell on a letter board allowed me to conquer the basic human right to have a voice and to be heard. One of the first conversations that she had with the therapist there was about, you know, God and heaven. And I was like, what's happening here before my eyes? I just couldn't believe it that, you know, all the knowledge, all the thoughts in her head, the first thing that came was sharing about her faith in God. There is something special about faith that many people do not appreciate. The marvelous healing power to a broken soul. My outlook on my life changed from despair to life with intellect possibilities because from that moment on I found my voice. And a lot of concepts that we are trying to teach her for many years, she was never able to demonstrate verbally, but she could clearly demonstrate by spelling on the letter board. That was it's like a turning point in her life that once she started expressing, you know, her thoughts and what she wants to do, there's two things that she always says. She wants to get an education and she wants her independence. And that's exactly what they set to do. We went to a community college. They opened the door for her 
to go there as the first student using a letter board and a communication partner to go with her to classes and for her to be able to participate as a student. In the spring of 2019, Lisa graduated with her associate's degree in life science. So far in her life, there have been many doors opened and communities who have embraced Lisa and her autism. But there are communities that have been more challenging, like church. When Lisa got the diagnosis, at that point, um, I made a decision that church would be part of our lives at any cost. I, I don't know how hard it would be, how long we could stay, but we would get dressed up every Saturday and we would go to church as a family. It was not a compromise. And I never felt like very uncomfortable in church. You know, when I went to approach for Lisa to be included in a school or to be accepted school, I felt like more in the mercy of the other person. But in the church, I felt like it's for everyone. No one can deny me to come here, you know. It's no one's house. It's our father's house. It's God's house. And um, I always felt comfortable. The Sabbath school was kind of easier to figure it out, but in the service, we would just stay pretty much until worship was over. I used to say that I found the church with the loudest worship possible because, uh, in a way, the praise was louder than the noises in my life, you know. I could be there. I could worship. I didn't have to worry about, you know, being all the kids being so quiet or not making noise because no one could hear it anyway. <laughs> and, and it was a blessing. And it took nine, I think it took almost nine years going to church every Saturday until finally Lisa was able to stay. Layla did not let autism stop her or Lisa from being a part of a faith community. Of all the churches she's attended, something has always stuck out to her. I always have like a burden in my heart because all those years that I attended church, I never met another parent with a child with autism. None of the church that I uh, was a member had another family with a child with autism. And so wh where are those families? According to the CDC data, one in 59 children has autism here in the U.S. One in six children in the United States have a developmental disability. And it's kind of a burden in my heart. When you're going through something, like finding out about a lifelong disability in your child, that's the time that you need the most support, you know? You can, it's really hard going a journey by yourself. You need other people. I think it's very important for the parents to be able to continue their journey and fellowship with God and with other people because you can still pray at home, you can still read your Bible at home, but there's a special blessing being in community and being worshiping together that you can only get by being there. And a lot of parents are deprived of that because they're embarrassed to bring their kids or they don't have uh, the church doesn't have the support, you know, to accommodate the needs of the child. Community is a place where you belong. The church can be more inclusive by creating a space and 
atmosphere where I can be able to experience fellowship with others. So, what does inclusion in church look like? How do we become more accommodating to varying disabilities? I think one of the things that comes to my mind would be having a peer mentor sign-up support where every kid or young adult with autism would have a peer with them and, and kind of help them out. Sometimes it's just getting a headphone and, and the child is able to be in the church. You know, a canceling noise headphone. Sometimes it's just giving a toy, a party toy that will entertain them, you know, to be there. It's just learning and, and, and being interested and listening and creating different formats that, you know, can uh, allow people to feel more comfortable and feel more welcome in, in the environment. But I feel sometimes we're just so focused in following a ritual or the way we always do things that we, we lose focus of what really people need, you know. And I think that's how Jesus saw people. The tradition should not take over what you know people are hunger for for connection for accessibility for inclusion for belonging you know i think that's where our focus should be the truth is that we are all disabled by sin the only difference is that some can hide their disabilities and others cannot we all can help and learn from each other Church is a community filled with varying backgrounds, histories, abilities, and disabilities. The only way to accommodate others is to listen to their needs. We have so much to learn from those sitting in our pews and rows in church. There are major gaps around us, and all it takes is a little more intentionality of including those who are different than you and I. Next time on Filling the Gap, we talk about Native American culture and identity. Here's a preview of our next episode. You know, the Lord doesn't come to change our culture. The Christian influence, the principles of Christianity, only enhances our culture. He doesn't change us from way, the way we grew up. There's more than one way to live. There's more than one way to look at life. But the Lord is willing to inhabit our lives no matter who we are or what we are.